All right, Jack, welcome to the Block Hash Podcast, episode 209. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you. Super excited to talk about a bunch of stuff with you today um, regarding uh, standard custody and what you guys are doing there. Uh, but before we do, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I'm curious about you know your background, uh, You know what you did in the space before this. Uh, do you have a past experience with crypto and blockchain and being in this industry? Um, tell me a little bit more. Well, I'm one of these typical guys who come from TradFi, whose eyes have been opened uh, over the last couple of years. I spent my better part of 22 or 23 years in TradFi, uh, most recently running a company called Conifer here in San Francisco, where I live. We had offices uh, around the world, but we were a traditional service provider. We had a broker dealer and a uh, that where we did trading and custody and prime brokerage. And we also had a fund administration business. And I sold those two businesses off about four years ago and met Arthur Brito, who was one of the three co-founders of Ripple, responsible for designing and developing the XRP ledger, and joined him to build PolySign, which is a, a software development company uh, in this space. I, I think at the time, thinking back, I had a pedestrian knowledge of uh, this, this industry, could maybe wing my way through the difference between Bitcoin and blockchain, maybe. And uh, but did have a firm view, though, that there would be this convergence between traditional finance and the digital asset economy. Didn't know where it would end up, uh, but felt like it was a good time in my life to step a little bit further out on the professional risk curve and, and to, to see what would happen. And my conviction level is higher than ever that that there's a real opportunity there. Gotcha. Um, tell me a little bit more about PolySign, just briefly. Like, what, what was it exactly, or what is it? Yeah, so PolySign, Arthur's vision was to create a company focused on building blockchain-enabled infrastructure around custody and settlements, and ultimately to serve both capital markets and the payments industry. Uh, he's a real cynic when it comes to the overuse of blockchain technology and cryptography, where, you know, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, but there are real-world use cases and felt like specifically around custody, that there was an application util utilizing blockchain technology that the market was lacking. And so that's really what we set out to do. I joined him, given my background in, in traditional capital markets, and um, the way we've built the, the team has really been stacking expertise and experience on both sides of, of the ledger, if you will. We have David Schwartz, who's Ripple's chief cryptographer, who's also on our board and a senior advisor. And then I've got some colleagues from TradFi as well. And that's the way we're approaching the market. Got it. Um, and now you are mostly focused on working on standard custody, correct? That's right. So PolySign, you can think of as the parent company where the software is yeah. developed. We have a wholly owned subsidiary in New York called Standard Custody and Trust to deliver a custody and escrow product to institutions. So the first product we wanted to build was a custody solution. It took a couple years for us to get out of the gates because we wanted to build a custody offering that had a blockchain at its core. We're the only custodian in the industry with a blockchain really at our nerve center, if you will. And we also wanted to be a qualified custodian and looked at the landscape in the U.S. While the offering is certainly global, uh, in the U.S., we wanted to be a qualified custodian to support institutions who are registered with the SEC, managing more than 150 million of, of regulatory capital and need to use a qualified custodian. And as you probably know, there's three or four states that award these licenses 
South Dakota, Nevada, Wyoming, and New York. And so we went to the highest regulator in the land and, and got our New York Trust Company charter approved uh, earlier, uh, well, in the middle of last year. Got it. That's exciting. Um, what? So what kind of infrastructure are you guys specifically trying to build out or what does that look like? Well, from a from an offering standpoint, we want to replicate as much as possible the operational flows that traditional asset managers are used to in investing in, in more traditional assets and, and bridging the gap into the digital asset ecosystem. So a, a traditional hedge fund that uses prime brokers and custodians for their equities and credit are used to a system that would integrate with a trading front end and at the back end, which would integrate um, from a reporting standpoint, performance reporting, accounting systems, et cetera. But using a, a counterparty that is insured, that is regulated, et cetera. And so that's what we've built, essentially. It's a, um, a custody platform, and we're doing more and more things with it, as you, as you might imagine, given the space. Um, but it's a custody and escrow platform that will consistently add new coins and services to it as a New York chartered bank. We have an approved list of assets that they have uh, that we can support. And then we have an, our own asset vetting policy where we're allowed to self-certify assets that are not on the approved list, but that we want to support given client interest or, or market opportunity that we vet, approve, and then report to the to the regulators. So a good example of that would be Solana, uh, which we onboarded in uh, December, not on the New York uh, Department of Financial Services approved list, but we've got a lot of client interest in doing that. We wanted to onboard Solana. We're offering staking through a partnership with Figment, and we'll continue to build out our business that way. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the technology behind the scenes, but from a client-facing standpoint, you know they can trade with any number of different exchanges. Importantly, we're not an exchange, so there's a lot of our competitors out there that are both exchanges and custodians, the Coinbase's of the world, the Gemini's. We're strictly a custodian agnostic as to uh, where where a given client might want to trade or execute, and then they would transfer the asset into our custody vault for safekeeping. Got it. What do some of these clients look like that this custody platform is is built for? Well, as I referenced earlier, you know, generally speaking, our focus is on institutional clients, so we're not looking mm -hmm. at the retail market, and we're also, I think, particularly attractive to institutions who are either registered with the SEC, which you have to do if you manage more than 150 million of regulatory mm -hmm. capital, or those type of entities that want to utilize a regulated custodian. You don't have to if you manage a $20 million crypto hedge fund, but from a uh, investor due diligence standpoint and from a marketing standpoint, there's a lot of advantages to having regulated insured uh, custodian. So our client base at this point is uh, a broad range from hedge funds, crypto native hedge funds, as well as uh, more traditional hedge funds who are stay, starting to invest into the digital asset ecosystem, some family offices, uh, RIAs. We're talking to a number of different liquidity providers uh, and exchanges, and we're also talking to some asset allocators. More and more of the pensions and endowments, et cetera, are starting to come into the digital asset ecosystem. It may be through a VC investment that they've made and they're getting dividended out a token and don't know how to custody that or, or what to do with it, or they're starting to, to take some overlay hedge positions directly in the underlying coins. And so we uh, pride ourselves on really understanding what those traditional asset managers are looking for from an infrastructure and operational uh, diligence standpoint and providing solutions to meet that need. 
Yeah. Do you think the demand from these funds is going up? I know in 2021 in the US, I think inflows into funds for crypto were around $10 billion, which was up from like $6 billion in 2020. Do you think that's increasingly going up? Do you see a lot of demand for that right now? I, I think it's definitely going up. I, I'm frankly more excited about the uptake that we're seeing in traditional asset managers starting to invest into digital. We did a series B round in the middle of last year. Cowan, the investment bank, led that round. Cowan's been around for 100 years, a, a traditional uh, sell-side investment bank that has both an asset management business, but also a sell-side business. Mm -hmm. You can think of them as trading, prime brokerage, uh, in, in investment banking, et cetera. And they had a, a strategic imperative to build out a digital asset offering to really replicate the user experience that their clients have in traditional assets for digital. And so we partner with them. They led our round. They're on our board and we're strategically working with them. I mention it in part because through current clients of theirs, we've met with about 170 or 180 different clients over the last six months, ranging from the type of clients that I've mentioned. And I will tell you that there's a continuum of interest in that client base from we'll call them crypto curious, wanting to learn more see the the future coming aren't yet ready to to necessarily develop a product or to invest but want to be educated to other clients who are launching dedicated crypto or digital asset funds or somewhere in the middle where a given hedge fund is allocating a certain percentage of their assets uh, to digital and that's going to likely start with a bitcoin or ethereum investment and then evolve into other you know sort of sort of funds we were on the phone this morning with a fund out of Gibraltar, an $80 million fund, uh, active in DeFi, active in you know the spot markets, and looking for, they've been using the exchanges that they trade with for custody. They're specifically looking for a regulated and insured custodian. That's where standard custody comes in. And also looking for a partner to help with some spot trading. And they were talking to Cowan about that. And that's a very typical type of conversation that we've been having of late. Got it. Do you guys want to focus mostly on the U.S. market for this, or are you also looking outside to like Europe or Asia or potentially just some other regions? Yeah, I think very much, Brandon, a global opportunity set. We deliberately went to New York because, well, a number of different reasons. One, we're exempt from needing a, a bit license, so it gives us a, a wide swath of opportunity to, to support New York-based clients. We also have the ability to support non-U.S. clients. New York is very uh, open to that. There are different jurisdictional requirements around the world that we're mindful of uh, that we run analysis on, but we have, we're in the process of onboarding right now, a number of clients from the Channel Islands. Uh, we're talking to actively talking to some clients in different uh, parts of Asia and the Middle East, uh, clients in Switzerland, the UK. So it's very much of a global market opportunity that we're looking at. Obviously, as you know, the market is global 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And, and um, we just happened to be based in, in the U.S. And, and wanted to start with where we saw a big opportunity, particularly around uh, institutions here in the U.S. who want to get involved but have certain guardrails around the type of service providers that they need and want you know, to, um, to utilize. And back to Cowan for a moment, the, mm -hmm. one of the common theses that we're hearing from these conversations is the ability and desire for traditional clients to do business with a known counterparty, a trusted face across the table, as opposed to going through the daunting task of, of exploration of finding completely new counterparties uh, that may or may not be regulated, that are just not known to these traditional asset managers. And so 
I think we get a leg up by by partnering with someone like a Cowan. Gotcha. Um, moving back to the digital assets a little minute for, uh, for a second. You mentioned uh, Solana. What what other digital assets are you hoping to work with and offer and provide on this custody platform? So the New York approved list is about 14 or 15 assets that we do not need permission for. They tend to be the household names or derivatives of. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, you know, um, Ethereum, et cetera, um, USDC. Uh, and so we're supporting all of those. Uh, XRP as well. We've got a lot of XRP pedigree, obviously, in our in our uh, firm. Um, Solana, a big one. We're looking at a lot of the, the alternative layer one protocols. Uh, we're in the process of, of soon onboarding LP tokens for Uniswap, so getting into the DeFi space, which we're quite excited about doing. Uh, Avalanche, Algorand, uh, Polkadot are next up on the list for us, and we'll continue to support the coins that our clients are most interested in. Given our focus on the on the traditional um, uh, institutional investor base, I don't think three, five years from now that we're going to have thousands of coins that we're trying to support. We're not trying to be everything to everybody. But even today, we cover, you know, 80 percent of the market cap. But where there's a shortage of, of alternatives or better said, an opportunity for us to differentiate ourselves in an increasingly crowded market, Solana is a good example. There aren't many institutional grade custodians for Solana. So we wanted to jump on that one early, but also understand and, and uh, leverage the need that clients have to fully access and uh, take advantage of that asset, which is why uh, we wanted to support staking uh, and went to our friends at Figment uh, to, to do that together. Are there any non-household names that you guys want to pursue or are you mostly focus on this pre-approved list? Uh, there's a there's a coin that we're currently looking at. We've not um, completed our diligence. I wouldn't call it a household name hash um, token out of figure. I think that's a very interesting uh, project that they're working on. Uh, figure's gone through in their provenance chain, kind of a rebirth, for want of a better term, of the hash one token, which was a security token, and have transformed that and kind of reissued a different uh, token that's a utility token called hash two. Um, we're, uh, we've done a lot of work on that one and think that what the folks at figure are doing is quite interesting. Um, so that would be an example of one. And, and we've got some client requests from coins that are less or tokens that are less, um, well-traveled in, but still represent an opportunity. And so, you know, we're always on the lookout for unique projects. Uh, it's one of the areas from a business development standpoint that we're leaning into more really getting earlier on in the conversations with. Uh, some of the developers to find out what what people are working on and where there's an opportunity for us to provide some infrastructure to help the adoption uh, of those assets. Got it. Very interesting. Um, here's an interesting question as well. I know these funds are always looking to deploy massive amounts of money into this kind of stuff, and they rely on a very strong set of security parameters. What's the systematic security look alike for the uh, this? custodial platform that you guys are offering to them? Yeah, thank you for that question. It's uh, one of the ways that we differentiate ourselves, frankly. I think if I think about the custody industry today, there's really a, a segregation of two different camps. There's the MPC uh, computing, more software-driven providers. The Fireblocks used to be the curves, uh, the um, unbounds of the world, the coppers in that space, where um, there are software solutions that are licensed to 
asset management firms, hedge funds, et cetera, and in some cases other providers to provide a service, a, a custodial offering, but they're not custodians per se. The end client still uh, holds the key, but those keys are sharded utilizing that software. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the traditional HSM type of uh, provider, the Coinbase's of the world, the Bitcoin's of the world, et cetera, that utilize hardware security modules and have, generally speaking, a multi-sig sort of authentication approval mechanism, quorum-based approach uh, to doing that. We, we merged both together. We looked at all the different, uh, and at the point we were doing this three years ago, they were uh, largely Israeli security firms offering the MPC computing uh, power and, and Arthur and David, who I mentioned earlier, really felt like uh, we wanted to control our own destiny around that and felt like we could build uh, a very compelling uh, MPC uh, solution for our own use, which is what we've done. And we also uh, utilize the leading HSMs as part of our offering. What's unique about it is merging those two technologies together. And we run business logic through our MPCs. We overcome the legacy storage limitations uh, in um, the HSMs. We have a blockchain at our core, which I referenced earlier, which allows us to do a number of different things, uh, including end-to-end -end encryption. We store our secrets in the HSMs. We require um, cryptographic proof to unlock those. And we also have an immutable audit trail of every step of every transaction, every initiation, every approval, et cetera, which is something that the insurers and the regulators have taken great note in and, and frankly have uh, been able to, we've been able to utilize that to our advantage. Are there any other things that you feel that set you guys apart more from potential competition out there? There are, in addition to the technology, which is a big one, I think any um, custodian that you'd consider would, will tout their security. And that's a hard piece of the equation to really understand what's undeniable is that we're the only one out there that approaches uh, the security from the same way and that has a blockchain at our core. We also utilize third-party verifier firms to help with the approval process. So similar to others, we require a quorum level of initiation approvals at the client side to transfer an asset. Most of our competitors then have a quorum level of approvals that sit within the custodial organization. And so we um, uh, believe in distributing that, um, that risk, frankly, uh, or trust, depending upon how you want to think about it, to independent third-party firms. You can think of audit firms, fund administrators, et cetera, who are distributed and get alerted that there is a transaction pending for their approval. And they come in and essentially with some biometric tools, we have uh, reconcile a reference video with instructions that were given at the time of a transfer request and approve a, a leg of that. And once the different uh, approvals come together in a, in a bit of a, a quorum uh, level ceremony, only then do, does the approval process move to the next stage. And so that is quite unique. I also um, think that the leadership team we have is unique. I think most of the competitors tend to either come from a traditional finance uh, standpoint mm -hmm. or from a blockchain cryptographic standpoint. Those worlds are obviously merging, but to have people like Arthur Brito uh, and David Schwartz on our team, true pioneers in the cryptography and blockchain space together with people like Tim Keeney, who's our vice chairman, who led all of the asset servicing at BNY Mellon for 12 years, tip of the spear, um, together with um, folks like Cowan, 
who I mentioned have been around 100 years in the TradFi mm -hmm. space, my background, all those things coming together, we think inform a different view of how this industry will evolve over time. And I would say the last philosophical approach we have is that there will be this intersection between the TradFi and, and new digital asset industry coming together. And it's not an either or. We're not trying to completely uproot uh, traditional capital markets as we know it, but we preach evolution and not revolution. And so we're actually trying to help usher in a better way of, of financial services, capital markets coming together. And we think that there's a lot of, of opportunities for us to leverage our technology to improve the flows, improve uh, the uh, time, speed, cost, friction that exists in capital markets. And ultimately, um, stemming from Arthur, our founder, have a strong belief in the democratization of finance and are you know, doing our part to, to usher that in. Part of that is, is from the things we've talked about, about custody. We also have a different product uh, that we're building uh, that we're currently referring to as Polynet, which really is more of a settlement layer across different types of asset transfers that's designed to be interoperable uh, with different protocols, different trading venues, different um, uh, settlement chains, and ultimately provide for instant atomic settlement across uh, digital and uh, analog marketplaces. And that's truly unique as well. Got it. Sounds like you guys are doing a lot. So that's pretty cool. Um, final question before we start wrapping it up. What, what are your goals uh, as a company for 2022, like, what do you guys hope to accomplish this year more than anything? I just wrote my, uh, year end investor letter, which one is want to do, uh, at this time of year. And we had an all hands on Monday where I referenced that we have, a, we have a couple of, of key goals. Um, we've been, uh, really in a, in a, uh, a bit of a, I don't want to say a secret mode, but but in a stealth mode, building the technology over the last couple of years. And so this is really our year to hit the market and really get our name out there, our brand, our offering. We've got some amazing uh, investors uh, that are going to help us do that. We were deliberate in terms of, of our fundraising and the folks that we brought on board, Cowan, Blockchain.com, uh, some others just brought on board a, a big asset servicing firm called Apex a global brand that's going to help us there. So definitely it's it's hitting the market in a major way, adding some innovative products um, and, and gravitating to those assets that have less sponsorship like a Solana, where we think that there's a big future. Embedded in that from an internal standpoint is to move quickly. You know, as you know, this industry is, is moving at breakneck speed. And I think the leaders in this industry move incredibly quickly. And you really need to do that. I look at you know, a firm like FTX that I have a lot of respect for. Those guys move really, really quickly and they execute extremely well. And so I've got a lot of regard for them and, and want to try to emulate a lot of the things that they're doing in terms of how they uh, run their business, how they seize opportunities and, and um, capitalize upon them. And then the third thing we're focused on doing um, as a business is really bringing, we've got a couple of POCs going on right now in Polynet. We want to bring that to the next level. We've got some very significant milestones that we want to hit. And the idea is to have that operational in a commercial way by the end of the year. There's a lot of work to be done there. Uh, also powered by a proprietary blockchain. But that's a big objective for us. We've got some great um, buy and sell side firms that are joining that ecosystem. And uh, that's a, another area that we're focused on, on, on bringing out. 
Sweet. It seems like it's going to be a pretty exciting year. A lot of things you guys want to roll out and do. It is. Um, it's a good time to do it, too. Everything's pretty hot in crypto at the moment. Um, you know, prices aside, investing aside, it. I've, I've never seen it this adopted and so much money just waiting and wanting to go into the space. So it's a great time to really be doing this. And a lot of fun. I mean, the interest, uh, as you suggest, is very high and the desire to learn. I mean, one of the things that really um, motivates me is every day I learn new things in this space. I mean, there's too much to learn, really. And you have to mm -hmm. pick and choose, as you know, the information flow coming at you is significant. It's a tsunami of opportunity. And as a CEO, my one of my biggest mm -hmm. jobs is just to make sure that we're focused. You know, I have a saying, when you chase too many rabbits, they all get away. And so we need to remain focused. When we have a lot of things going on, um, we say no more than we say yes, we have to. Uh, because the risk of execution is really key. I firmly believe we're at the right time in the right space, focused on the right client. So it really comes down to execution and it comes down to keeping our team of engineers, salespeople, client service people really focused and motivated and rewarded uh, because without a successful team, you know, our clients won't be successful. And so those two are very integrated. So I spent a lot of time focusing on making sure that we're recruiting and retaining the best possible team of people. Yeah, you're telling me was trying to keep up with the space. Like I'm, it's my job to do it every single day, and I'm telling you, it's nearly impossible. There's so much happening, so many different developments, and people trying new things, and something fails, and then something succeeds, and then there's new trends. It's literally nearly impossible to keep up with. But that's the exciting part about it: seeing that innovation and seeing that interest and that wanting to learn and be a part of it is is pretty cool so it's fun right. to be in this space right well, now as many say it's the opportunity of a generation and, and it's here before us so we're all fortunate to be in it i think i i agree i think we are um jack i think this is a great place to wrap up thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking more about um standard custody and what you guys are doing i'm very excited for what you guys do in 2022 and hopefully have you again on in the future to talk more about it That'd be great, Brandon. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the good work that you do as well and, and uh, keep charging. Thank you. Right. Appreciate it. Have a good day, Jack. See you soon. You too.